Hey church, Josh here. Hey, before we get into a time of worship, I just wanted to take a second and just pray. Uh, I know that this has been a long, long season. Some of you are so weary of Zoom and just over it. I know some of you are dealing with worry and depression. I know some of you are just over being frustrated and just constantly frustrated with the situation uh, of what's going on here in our country and around the world. Um, so let's just take a second and just pray, give it over to the Lord, and then go to him and worship. Let's pray. Dear Father, um, Lord, we do. We just bring you our stuff. We just bring you all the junk that's been going on in our minds, in our hearts, our frustrations, our weariness, our stress, our anxiety, our depression, Lord. Um, right now, we just release it. We hold it with open hands. We release it to you. We know that we trust you. We know that you're trustworthy. And so, Lord, help us to just leave these things at your altar right now. Help us to do that day by day and even hour by hour um, throughout our days. Um, Lord, right now, we come to your throne. We acknowledge who you are. You're so good. We love you. And we pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Let's worship together. Let's reach out and sing together. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Isn't he? 
Where the world echoing is an enemy. 
I'll stand strong and worship you If it puts me in the fire I'll rejoice cause you're there too I won't be for my feelings I'll hold fast to what is true If the cross brings transformation I'll be crucified with you Cause death is just a doorway Into resurrection life If I join you in your sufferings Then I'll join you when you rise And when you return in glory with that, let us join with Josh and John on their ongoing quest to bring merriment and delight and food to the greater Canal Valley area. Hey, John, it is time to film the next raffle video. Come on. Uh, church, get excited. I've got some amazing dance moves on tap for you today. It's going to be great. Uh, John, come on. Who is John? Dude, you're yeah, back. I'm back. You had a baby in your oh, back! Yeah, oh my goodness, yes, I'm back. That's amazing. But who is John? Pastor John. <laughs> oh, Pastor John, why yeah. did you say that? Pastor John, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Dude, give me a hug, man. This is amazing. I can't. Nope. You're sorry. A little skinny? I want to, but I can't. Still six feet thing, huh? Oh, yeah. You're carrying that thing around? Everywhere. Huh. Hey, everybody. You guys want to see me and Chris hug. I know. I want it. You want it. We all want it. Check out this picture of me and Chris hugging. Wha-blam! Hey! Time to spin the wheel! Here we go. We're going to spin the wheel and see what food we are delivering today. Chris, give it a spin. Forget about it! Ooh! Italian deli? Italian deli! That sounds good. Let's go. All right, let's see who's getting some delicious okay. Italian deli today. Here we go. You ready? You want to blow on it? No. Okay. Here we go. The shower family! Shower family! Hey! Let's do this! Let's do this. Right, let's go. Come on. We could be heroes just because I... Okay, we're here at the showers. Let's do this, baby.
We have some Italian deli for you there. Oh, yay, and we actually have a couple of questions for you. Sure. So our first question is, do you guys have a song? Like, oh, like us? Like you guys, yeah. Yeah. What's your song? I hope we say the right one together. Um, <laughs> I would say probably Africa by Toto. Excellent. Oh, well, nice, yeah. okay. Uh, next question, by any chance did you catch Do uh, Pastor John last week yeah. doing his floss? Yes. Would one of you be willing to attempt an impersonation of Pastor John's floss? Sure. Yes. Excellent. Ready, please? Can you do it? Ready? I think it was something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually better. That's than, way better than, than Pastor John. John. Well done. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Have a great one. Thank Enjoy. You. See ya. Have to cook tonight. See ya. Excellent. See ya. Woo. Got hey, what's up, church? How's it going? It's Josh and Lindsay here. We have a couple of announcements for you. First is Zoom meetings. Do you need more time on Zoom? Because I know I do. We have lots of groups meeting throughout the week. You can just see on the screen for details. So true. Money. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for your generous giving. Uh, there's three ways that you can give. Uh, you can go online. You can do it on the church app or you can mail in a check. And finally, prayer. If there's any way that we can be praying for you, you can go ahead and text those prayer requests to ABF Prayer to 97000 or email prayer at agorabible.org. Well, how are you kids hanging in there? Um, I'm sure some of you, you have already finished school, but I know there's several of you that have a week or two left to go. Well, my prayer for you is that God will give you the strength and perseverance just to finish strong and do the best you possibly can. Well, next week, we are starting a new series in the book of Exodus. And kids, we need your help with this. Um, we're going to be creating a video on the life of Moses and the Israelites. And we need you to be the actors and actresses. So if you'd like to have a part to play in this video, send me a message and we'll make sure you are involved. Well, don't forget to be watching our weekly Bible story videos and completing your weekly uh, devotionals. These are such a great resource for your family, so I hope you're staying tuned to those. I mean, it just really helps us keep our focus on uh, our love for Jesus Christ. And parents, um, yeah, I hope you're enjoying them and utilizing these with your kids. Um, you can find these in the weekly email that I send out, or you can look on the website. I know some families have asked about Camp ABF. Well, the elders and the staff team, we've taken this decision very seriously, and we've actually decided that we're not going to be doing camp this summer. Uh, just due to the extended quarantine, the uncertainty of the large group guidelines, and for the overall safety of our kids. But you better believe, as soon as we can put some fun events back on the calendar, we will be definitely all over it. Well, speaking of fun, we had such a huge success with our ABF Bake Off. So we want to take a look at all of our bakers. Take a look at this. 
hello, church family, and uh, so fun to see some of the highlights of the things being cooked while you're uh, stuck in home quarantine. And Leanne Sisson, uh, definitely an overachiever. I'm strangely uh, hungry right now. Uh, yes, you got a, a clap. That's awesome. Well, I know a lot of us are really just at the point of brink uh, with this whole quarantine, and maybe you're like us and our family where we've been trying to think creatively. For our kids, we've said, you know what, this is the perfect time to start some kind of a new hobby, some kind of a new routine. And as I was helping my kids brainstorm ideas, and one of the lists that I mentioned, I mentioned the yo-yo. I said, you know what, when I was a kid, I used to have a lot of fun with these things and uh, actually got so I could walk the dog, could do all these different tricks. I know I've maybe lost some of my game now. Uh, but as I was mentioning the yo-yo, my son, surprisingly, was all about it. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And so we ordered him a yo-yo, actually this one, online and uh, on Amazon. And it came, and he's gotten, in the last month, actually gotten strangely good at the yo-yo. And in fact, he was even taking it to the next level. There's different YouTube videos that highlight ways to do these different tricks. And so he was watching one particular video of this just yo-yo expert. This guy was sincerely weird. And so we're listening to this guy talk, and he showed me the video, and he's explaining how you get to this level of yo-yo-ism. I don't know if that's a word. How you get to this, this level. And he explained, he said, you know, it's more than just working and practicing. He said, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And we've joked about that as a family ever since. Anytime we see Chase uh, practicing with his yo-yo or messing around with it, whatever, uh, we're like, wow, Chase, it's really becoming a lifestyle. And so as I was thinking about that, as I was thinking about the words of the yo-yo expert or actually guiding our title uh, here today, it's a lifestyle because he understood a simple principle that an end goal should influence your current lifestyle. If you have something that you're wanting a, a particular outcome that you're wanting to see in your life, in his case, getting good at a yo-yo, you have to uh, adjust your lifestyle around it. You have to keep in the front of your mind what you're trying to become. Now, if you can take a stretch with me towards the spiritual, imagine, imagine if in this quarantine time that you decided, man, I want to come out of this more committed to prayer. What would you have to do? You'd have to adjust some things so that that end goal would become a reality. You might wanna set your phone to a reminder each day of a time that you wanna pray. You might wanna jot down some specific prayer request, a list of sorts. You might have some different things that maybe enable you to think creatively towards prayer. You'd be intentional about the time of prayer. And on the other side of this, can you imagine if you had that intentionality with that goal in mind, you would probably be established in some habits that would carry beyond that. We talked about that uh, about a month ago in the idea of don't waste this trial. But here in our text today, we have a similar idea that when you keep something in mind, when the destination is in mind, you begin to think about the end goal and you kind of reverse engineer how to get there. I think about that, the opposite of that, when you're not actually putting things in place, when you're not thinking through intentional steps in your life, then you can kind of do whatever you want. When there's not an end goal in mind, then it doesn't matter what your day looks like. 
thinking about that sadly as a, a real issue during this quarantine time, I would suggest that a lot of people don't have something specific in their day that they're wanting to move towards. You don't have the, the, the shift of goals has slipped down. There's not an end goal. And so all of a sudden the day starts to feel like Groundhog Day where one just blends into another. Well, Peter calls us to something that different, something that, that pulls out of the, the, the depression that we slip into when we don't have something that we're moving towards. This evening or this morning, whatever time you're watching this, Today's passage, Peter charges his audience to identify their end goal and to make choices in light of that goal, to make choices in light of that goal. Let me pray before we explore the text. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this chance to be together, and we thank you for this opportunity to look at end goals, something that we're pursuing, and then adjusting our lifestyle to align with that, to move us in that direction. God, we need your help in this text, God. We need your help during this time where we're feeling like we're kind of floundering and, and things are just kind of losing their point and losing their zeal. We're losing our zeal. God, I ask that you'd move in our time, that you'd be present and active here in our study of your word. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. Well, we're in the very last section of 2 Peter, and we're in chapter 3, verses 11 through 18 today. And I had thought, you might wonder sometimes why I don't flash up the sections of Scripture. The reason I don't do that is because I would love to see us get in routines of opening God's Word. So I'd love to have you grab a Bible or turn in your phone, whatever you need to do to get God's word in front of you so you can make sure that I'm not making this stuff up. Here we are in chapter 3, 2 Peter, verse 11. It says, Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God? because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Powerful section of scripture there. Basically, he's continuing last week's theme. If you remember the idea that we have a pending return of Jesus Christ, that there's a pending judgment for mankind that's on the horizon. So Peter asks a critical question. You can see it there in the text. Since earth is going to be gone and there's going to be a new heaven coming, what sort of person do you want to become? Do you see where that's the starting point in this process, determining who you want to become before you establish a lifestyle that gets you there? Start by identifying the end goal. Who do you want to be? And he doesn't, you notice, wait for a response for them to maybe say something foolish, but instead he gives them their own answer right there in the text. He refers to them as being holy, someone that's holy and godly. Holy, this has to do with our external actions and behavior. It's avoiding what's evil and doing what's good. The idea of this gets a little bit overwhelming to some when you try to think of it in terms of something you're going to accomplish. 
When you think of avoiding what's evil and doing what's good, you start thinking in terms of a checklist. I have to make sure I do this and I don't do this and I do this and I don't do that. And all of a sudden, kind of like the Old Testament law, you start to realize, man, that is impossible. We forget that we're in the New Testament, that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he set up camp inside of you. And instead of you trying to do a checklist, it's all about a relationship, listening to his nudges, to his prodding in your life. I like talking to Stephanie and John this week, and one of the things they've been doing during this quarantine time is they've been doing Zoom meetings, which I know we're all very tired of, especially Lindsay. And uh, the Zoom meetings, the idea behind this is connecting with different people. It's less than ideal, we get it, but what they've done is they've found this as an opportunity to connect with their family all over the country, and they're explaining some of the things that God's been teaching them through Bible study. One of the things I really liked as it relates to this was they decided they were gonna start every single morning, they were gonna ask the question, they were gonna turn over their day, they're gonna say, God, what do you want to do with me today? What, you, you can have me today. Whatever you wanna do, I'm available. They've been shocked at how God has nudged and prodded and leaded to amazing opportunities for each one of them. They, Stephanie was saying she wasn't sure how everybody was going to participate, but everybody has felt God's leading when they asked that question. That's how we move towards holiness. So holy is what we want to become. Also godly, it says in the text. This has to do with our internal heart attitude and reverence. It's more about who we're becoming rather than how we're behaving. And who we become, this has to do with intimacy with God. When you're connected to the vine, when you have an intimate relationship, all of a sudden you become more and more like him. Thinking about that this week when I was listening to a pastor talking about the quarantine being an amazing time to grow in your ability to worship. Think about it. Think about how much downtime you have, that you could have worship music playing in the background, how you could have specific designated time on a walk with some iPods in or something, listening to worship. There's an amazing opportunity. I I love walking downstairs and seeing Adrian a lot of times playing different church services that different churches we respect in their worship time, and she'll just be there worshiping away. That's the idea here is that you're growing not just in holiness, but also in godliness. The last one you see there in the text, or you might not catch it at first, I've written the word active there. It says, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God. You see, there's a balance in this. Yes, we're, we're waiting patiently, but we're also invited to hasten his return. Sometimes that's a, a confusing concept, but Jesus, if you remember in the Gospels, he explained that the gospel would be explained or reached to, uh, to all nations, and then the end would come. So we have this charge that God, not necessarily changing his timing, but he invites us to hasten or to speed up the day, the, the day of his return by our faithfulness. We might not fully grasp at that, but the invite is still there. Rescuing as many people as possible from destruction. It says here that we're to look forward to the new heavens and a new earth. A lot of times when we look around this earth, all we see is all of the ways that it's broken. But imagine this earth 
when it originally started, God's initial design where he concluded, this is good. Even little glimpses still that you get of God's creation give us a, a better view of what this new heaven and new earth are going to look like with the beauty of a rainbow or a waterfall or the mountain range. I don't know what your thing is, a, a, a snowy countryside. Glimpses of more than just unending harp lessons. It's a picture of what heaven is going to be like and it's amazing to look forward to. But the truth is, as we get back to our big idea here, is once you decide who you want to become, you must realize that this is gonna take some work. You don't just stumble on that. Look at verse 14. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, he's saying waiting for these, for these events to happen for his return, says, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. So again, since you're waiting on these, once you're waiting on Christ's return and the end of the old earth and the earth, old heavens, we're told what? To be found diligent, diligent. That word caught my attention this week. I'm in the middle of, uh, w along with Josh, watch, watching a documentary called The Last Dance. And it's kind of the highlighting the, the, the Bulls, the, the best team in history uh, of basketball, uh, playing in their six championship seasons, most specifically highlighting Michael Jordan. Let's be honest, kind of the, the core of that, that team. What I've been most impressed with as I get to know his story a little bit more through this documentary is how committed and diligent he was with working hard. He pushed everyone around him. Some people didn't like it very much, but either way, he knew what it took in order to excel at something. When Peter's charging them here, he's telling them that they need to be diligent because look at what they're trying to accomplish. You're trying to be found without spot or blemish. You see, in the last section of scripture, you might remember that those that were operating in the flesh, they were found with stains and blemishes. They were found with stains and blemishes. And now we're being invited to something different. We're being invited to be found without spot or blemish. That kind of transformation doesn't happen without some kind of work behind it. So funny when you think about it, all the things that we will just go to town working on, working so hard to accomplish this or that. And all he's saying is make sure that in your spiritual life, there's an equal level of diligence. It's walking in step with the Holy Spirit. That's what diligence looks like, making sure that your actions align with his prompting and leading. He also wants them to experience peace. This is a peace that only comes when you're assured about your future. I was talking with a paramedic just last week and he was explaining to me how the rise in mental health calls have just gone through the roof. There's so many different calls for ambulance or medical service because of where people are at mentally. It's kind of heartbreaking to think how prolonged fear eventually erodes a person when their future is unsecure. Prolonged fear eventually erodes somebody when their future's unsecure. Well, here, he's encouraging the believer to be found with peace. You see, when you have your eternity secure, all of a sudden, the things of this earth, you're like, you know what? I'm not that worried about it. 
I'm not that worried about it. I might still care for people that are going through difficulty. I'm not saying that, but as far as concern about the uh, final outcome, we need to experience that same type of peace in waiting. Verse 15 there, he says, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. We already discussed that last week, that his patience is seen to be an opportunity for more and more people to be saved. Second half of verse 15, we'll continue. This idea of guarding yourself says, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand. Those of us that have been in Romans get that. Which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do as they do. The other scriptures, notice that he's attesting that Paul's writing is scripture. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the air of lawless people and lose your own stability. So here he starts off just as our beloved brother Paul. Kind of a, a random mention as he's wrapping up the, the final words of this letter. He understands that Paul is writing to this, a lot of times, the same audience or same people group. And he's encouraging them. It's kind of an endorsement of Paul, if you will. Despite, if you remember, not that long prior, he had been rebuked by Paul for his, uh, for his unwillingness to mingle with Gentile Christians. So he's obviously beyond that. He's taken the rebuke, and now he's acknowledging that what Paul is writing is from God. He uses the, the, the word given him, obviously referring to the Holy Spirit. So he gives a general endorsement for Paul's inspired writing, even though sometimes it's hard to understand. But getting to the caution, he warns them to be careful when his teaching is twisted and he refers to those that are ignorant and unstable, misleading them. Such a dangerous thing in our life to be misled because once you're misled, man, it doesn't take long for you to go down a, a dangerous path quickly. So again, in the big theme of this entire letter is a warning against false teaching. And really, as I was thinking about that, the, the biggest concern for somebody being misled or misdirected by false teaching is somebody that's biblically illiterate, somebody that hasn't put the work in, somebody that doesn't know God's word is the very most vulnerable. Their filter for truth hasn't been developed. It's not quite adequate enough to protect them. There's a lot of debate right now about these crazy masks that we've been asked to wear and a lot of concern about the different cloth ones not being super effective, saying that the, the dust particles make it through a cloth mask, but then the virus is one, one thousandth of a, the size of a dust particle. And so there's a lot of debate of what type of masks that are being used and whether or not they're adequate or not. My wife and I had been given early on in this two N95 masks, and I'm ready to put those on eBay for a thousand bucks each, but they're supposed, to, they're supposed to keep out the virus up to 99%. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about, really, when you're thinking about a spiritual sense of this in the spiritual realm, in order to be protected from being misled, what do we need? We need to be grounded. God's word is our N95. It's the thing that keeps the, the, the world, the lies of the world and the things that want to sneak in 
us keeping us protected from them. So how to reverse engineer this? If you, if you wanna grow in your understanding of God's word, if that's your end goal, then there's some adjustments that have to happen in your lifestyle, right? There's maybe a, a little bit less me time. There's maybe a little less free time. There's a little bit more intentionality. There's carving out time to open this book. There's carving out time to listen to a sermon online. There's carving out time to be on a Zoom call for a Bible study. You see, you don't grow without some work and without intentionality and our stability, we're told in the text, is at risk. We'll end with this last verse of the entire book, thinking of this as being the very final words of Peter in his life written to the church. He says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. At last charge, grow in the grace and knowledge. In other words, we're expected to keep moving forward. Growth means inertia forward. This idea, it's, it reminds me of the, uh, the beach rules that we've been abiding by, making sure you're not on the, the dry sand, you're on the wet sand and you keep on moving. You're not allowed to stop. That's the idea that Peter's wanting them to embrace. You're to grow, grow in what? In grace and knowledge, both mind and action. As we grow in knowledge, of him, we begin to act more like him. Think about that. The more you understand him, the more you get to know him, there's a clearer understanding. And when you understand him, it starts to ripple into your actions. And I love that the ramification of knowing him, the outcome of knowing him, will ultimately lead to what in your life? It will lead to grace, grow in grace in knowledge. See, the more time you spend with him, you realize the character of our God is grace. It is forgiveness, undeserved favor. That's what we're intended to live out in our own lives. That's what we're called and invited to. And I would suggest that our quarantine is a playground for grace. There is not a shortage of opportunity, whether it's with people that you're spending way too much time with or whether it's grace for people that think differently than you on social media. It is an amazing opportunity for us to live out grace in our lives. That's what he charges. He says you need to continue growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's always important to understand that title, Lord and Savior. If you think about it, a lot of times we're, we're, we're hip to the idea of Savior. That's attractive to us. But the whole idea of Lord, we've talked about that before in church. It's less attractive when it's giving over the reins, turning over the keys to him. But that's what he's called us to. Here, the very final idea, Paul moves to his very final point. You'd miss it if you don't slow down. It says, to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. You gotta realize that our life, when it's all said and done, it's all about bringing glory to him, putting the spotlight on his goodness, to his, his love, to his grace in our lives. And you think about that. Think about how this, this cycle, backtrack it just a little bit. This cycle of us being transformed is an amazing opportunity to bring him glory. Think about those around us that watch our transformation. They're like, whoa, 
that could only be from God. I remember what they used to be like. What a moron they were. Now, what, what has happened? That could only be from God in their life. That's the idea. So homework assignment for us. If we're going to put this into practice, if we're going to apply what we're learning and not just be hearers but doers, asking ourselves in this quarantine, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? What person do you want to be known for? Or what personality do you want to come out with on the other side of this? And then reverse engineer it. If I want to become this, then there's some lifestyle choices in the next however many days we're in this that I'm going to have to make some patterns, some habits, some routines that I'll have to put into practice. That's what Peter charges us to and I believe is extremely relevant for our current day. Let me pray as we wrap up. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this section of scripture and how it speaks to the exact thing we're dealing with, getting stuck with an absent of direction. God, I pray that you would stir us up, you'd invigorate us to get our eye on the end goal and then figure out what our day needs to look like in order for us to become that. God, I ask for your strength. I ask for your spirits leading in that endeavor, God. We can't do any of this on our own. We're desperate for you. We pray this now in the strong and lovely name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I think you all know this one. Will you sing it out? Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me
worship team just a reminder as we're going out today that it's a lifestyle you have to choose the end goal and then backtrack what adjustments do i need to make in order to become more and more like jesus christ my prayers that for you this week if there's any way we can serve you feel free to reach out god bless you